You're listening to the Leading Healthy Creative Teams podcast with Matt Curtis. This is the podcast that helps you take your creative team from wherever you are today to healthy and effective. One of the most common phrases that I hear from communication leaders in the church is, I don't have time. (laughs) I am overwhelmed. I am underwater. There's too much on my desk. There are too many emails in my inbox. I have too many things that I want to try to get done. Because of this, there's a sense of urgency that lives with us day in and day out. As I'm working to help churches build healthy, creative teams, this is one of the areas that I really like to focus. In fact, the name of my business, Lunchtime Heroes, is derived from this idea. There was a study done looking at the importance of taking a lunch break. Oftentimes, as we're busy, I've done it myself many times, we get our lunch and we eat it at our desk while we're working. Well, the study was exploring this idea to see if those people, the ones who eat at their desk, are actually more productive, or if those who get out of the office or even just take their lunch away from their desk and their computer and they go eat it somewhere else, who's more productive in this situation? Now, on paper, it's pretty simple, right? Getting another half hour or hour of work done in your day, even while eating, by far the most effective path forward. Well, What's interesting is that the study revealed the opposite. Those who took a lunch were more productive over the course of their whole day. So for me, lunchtime heroes. (laughs) Be a hero by taking a lunch and protecting your margin and really maximizing your capacity as well. There's something really interesting in that study to me about this idea of us stopping to then get more done. It's so counterintuitive. So this week on the podcast, I actually want to dig into this idea of our misunderstanding of the way that time works for us. The first thing that I want to talk about is just this idea of growth. Growth is so important to building anything over the long haul. The challenge with growth, of course, is that we want to grow quickly. We want to grow immediately. We see the need for growth. And so we want to, as quickly as possible, get to the resolve of that need. We want to solve that problem. One of the things that I recommend, I actually came back from a conference last week at the time of recording, and one of the things that I was talking about is how do you grow as a creative? The strategy that has served me incredibly well is picking one skill and investing in it for 30 days. That's it. Not picking 10 skills. Not I want to learn how to use After Effects, and I want to get better as an illustrator, and I want to dabble in learning code. No, no. Pick one thing and invest in that one thing for 30 days. By the end of that 30-day period, you will have a much better competency around that subject or topic or skill, whatever it is that you're trying to learn about or grow in. That's always my recommendation when it comes to growth because the biggest problem I found is that when we run in five different directions, we actually make progress in none of them. So now if you begin breaking this down over the course of a year, you have now 12 new skills that you have invested in at a fairly deep level that you can now say, these are things that I can leverage and wield for my trade, for my profession, as I'm leading communications in my church. We get so consumed with what are we going to do this month or even this year that we don't build an effective plan or have an an effective view of what it looks like 10 years from now, 20 years from now. I want to challenge this idea of the urgency that we feel as communicators in the church. So I want to start by sharing this promise with you that we find in Jeremiah 29, 11. Now, if you've not seen this verse in the wild, that means that you have not been to Hobby Lobby anytime recently. 
This is one of the like trendiest verses that you'll find. It's on these like rough hewn boards. <laughs> you buy it and you hang it up at the in your kitchen or in your eating area. It seems that seems to be the trend. But I'm actually going to start a verse before that because this is so important. Verse 11 talks about, you know, I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord. Fantastic. Plans to prosper you, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. These are all wonderful things. But we have to go back a verse before we're going to have a realistic understanding of what this verse is telling the, the nation of Israel. So this is verse 10. For this is what the Lord says. When 70 years have been completed for Babylon, I will visit you and fulfill my good word to you to bring you back to this place. Now we get to verse 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for prosperity and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So if you're hearing verse 11 and you're really frustrated, where in the world is God? He promised, first of all, he declares that he has plans, okay? Where are these plans? Prosperity, not for disaster? I'm looking around. I'm not seeing it. What's the deal? We skip verse 10 so often, (laughs) and verse 10 is when it says, when 70 years have been completed. So essentially, we're learning here that in 70 years, these things are going to come to pass. Now, I'm not here telling you that in 70 years, you're going to get a certain thing. That's not what the passage is talking about for us. There's this beautiful picture of the promise that God has for the nation of Israel who are in captivity in the context of this passage. But he's also letting them know that there is a time period that will feel long. 70 years. So often when we look at the things that are ahead of us, we assume that God is going to act immediately. We have a problem right now, and we assume that God's going to act immediately. God doesn't act immediately. And that's a little bit of the the next passage that I want to talk about. I want to talk about this idea of patience as a good thing. Here I'm going to look to 2 Peter ver, uh, chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. What a beautiful picture of the benefit of slowness. We often get impatient, impatient of whatever it is that we believe God is going to be doing, the things even just that we want. And this is a particularly powerful passage for me because it's such a reminder personally when it comes to the, just the path that I've gone down. I've shared this story with you before, but I'm going to share it again because it's relevant here. So I spent 13 years serving the church and was so frustrated with my various circumstances. There's a lot of different things that went into that, but, but that's where I was. I was frustrated. And then I leave my job and there's this dramatic situation health-wise with my family. I can't leave my job in that we can't leave the area, health problems, stuff like that. So now all of a sudden, I'm going back to the job that I left. Now this for me doesn't feel like a good thing. This for me feels like God is slow at helping me. This feels like God is slow about meeting my needs even, and intervening in a situation that was frustrating and hard for me. So there's a lot of slowness that keeps coming up as I recount this story in my mind. But the next three years are the years that God was working deeply and intentionally in the way that I approach my problems 
in the way that I interact with others, in the way that I think as a leader, in even the practice of me being able to lead. I was now in a position to lead differently than I was prior to leaving. So I look at all of these things from the perspective of today, and everything that I'm doing with Lunchtime Heroes was born in this season where I felt like God was too slow to deliver on his promises. Now, there's something really powerful there for us to remember, that it is in the slowness and the waiting and the why isn't God working yet? Is he going to? What's going on? Why aren't things happening? That's often where God is at work. It's quieter than you think maybe it should be. It's not as like on-off switch type of movements (laughs) as maybe you wish it would be, but God's at work. And what I love about this passage is that It's not slowness, it's patience. So I think we need to reframe this idea of slowness. Everybody's slow to grasp what I'm trying to do. Everybody's slow to understand the value of calm. Maybe, but maybe this is an opportunity for you to grow in your patience. Maybe this is an opportunity for you to grow in your modeling of the way that God interacts with us model that to the people that you're serving alongside. Be patient with them. Give them the time that they need in order to adapt to these things, to understand these things. A long time or a long-term approach to building communications in your church will bear more fruit than anything you can imagine. And what I find to be so beautiful about 2 Peter 3.9 is that his patience is because he has a desire that none would perish, but that all would return to him. That's a beautiful reason to be patient, and it's a grace-filled reason to be patient. So as we face the opportunity for impatience in our own ministry, I would encourage you to look to what God has done for us and the way that he, uh, he gives us the time that we need in order to repent because the desire is that none will perish. It's beautiful. It's such a, such a cool thing that that is the way that the God that we serve operates. So let's model that as we're building. And then the last thing here that I really want to touch on quickly is this idea of how do we build toward a longer term good place for calm? Really, the idea boils down to diligence. I want to read a passage out of Proverbs. Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent certainly lead to advantage, but everyone who is in a hurry certainly comes to poverty. Proverbs to me is such a powerful book because it so clearly articulates the way that human life actually works. (laughs) It's not a apologetic argument per se, but for me, the book of Proverbs, even the book of Ecclesiastes, like the, the insights that these words have in the way that our life actually functions is so powerful to me. And to me, it's a validator of the truth of God's word. If if the God of the universe who, who inspired these words knows so accurately the human condition, I mean, it gives me great confidence in, in the validity of the word of God as a whole, because I see that throughout God's word. It's clear that the, that the God who inspired these words knows us so much better than we even know ourselves. I see that so often in Proverbs. But, but pause for a second here and think about these words. The plans of the diligent certainly lead to advantage. There's not a guarantee that what you're building will be without hiccups or even that it'll be perfect. But if you are diligent in your pursuit of these things, diligence implies long-term. 
you're not diligent for five minutes. That's not really what we're looking at here. So we're looking at diligence over the long haul. This is a piece of why I advocate so much for this 30 days thing, because it's going to force you to not be able to do 10 different things at once. And it's going to force you to invest in one thing long enough to get good at it, to get better at it. And so this idea of diligence is so important for us to weave into our mindset as we're building our teams. Now, when I say building your teams, maybe you're starting a team from scratch. Maybe you have become the leader in an organization and they've had calm for 20 years. Whatever it is, we're all moving forward in the way that we're building. But all those processes will take time. Recognize that they'll take time. Accept that they will take time. And I would go so far as to say, embrace that they're going to take time. Don't try to change the world today. Don't try to change your, your calm reality today. But instead, recognize that diligence is necessary for you to be successful. I want to walk you through one last thing that was born out of a uh, conversation that I was having about longevity and leadership. Longevity is something that I undervalued early in my career. I became very aware of this when a new group of people came on our staff and it just became clear that they were operating differently than those of us who had been there for a while. What I began to realize is that relational equity and trust just take a long time to accrue. That's really the bottom line. It just takes a long time for people to trust you, to trust your opinion, your decisions, but also from a congregation perspective, it takes a long time for the congregation to trust you. Longevity is something that only comes with diligence. It only comes with a focus on incremental building. That's what brings longevity. And so if you're somebody who wrestles with this idea of lasting in an organization or the idea of longevity in ministry, I want to encourage you to do these small things. Grow every month. Pick something new to target and grow each month. Begin understanding the way that God works differently in terms of pace and speed. You have the time that you need in order to build at the pace that is good to build. Thanks for listening to this episode of Leading Healthy Creative Teams. This podcast is just one of the ways Lunchtime Heroes helps build healthy creative teams in the church. Stay up to date on the latest by signing up for the Creative Bites email at lunchtimeheroes.co.